Philippians chapter 2 and verse number 1. The Bible said, If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. <clears throat> Let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, <clears throat> but every man also on the things of others. Let's bow for prayer. Our precious Father, <clears throat> Lord, as we come to you tonight, we thank you for the singing. Thank you for the testimonies. Lord, we thank you for your presence tonight. Lord, I ask you to help us these next few moments now. We'll bless you and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to emphasize this thought tonight. The essential, the essentials, should I say, of humility. The essentials of humility. I think being humble is not something that most definitely that comes natural for any of us tonight. But humility is essential in the life of every Christian, every child of God. And Paul the Apostle was a great preacher. He was a great apostle. He was a great man of God that God greatly used. But when you read Paul's life, humility was one of the things that marked his life. In all of his writings, Paul never elevated himself. He never uh, thought high of himself. And here in chapter number 2, uh, there's three great examples of humility. Uh, there is the Lord Jesus Christ that is mentioned in verse verses 5 down through verse number uh, 18 and then uh, there is Timothy in verse number 19 down to verse number 24 and then there is Epaphroditus who is mentioned in verse number 25 uh, down throughout the rest of the chapter there and these men have several things in common but one thing that they all have in common is that they were humble servants of God and you know tonight if God is going to use any of us we must be a humble servant of God and Paul is going going to emphasize that, especially in the first 11 verses of chapter number 2. And we think about the essential of the essentials of being humble. Why? It is so important that as Christians that we be clothed with humility as First Peter tells us too. When we come to verse number 1, notice what Paul says here. He said, if there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, of what Paul is going to talk to us about tonight is the supreme basis and the reason we understand that is because of these opening phrases here he said if there be therefore any consolation in Christ any comfort of, of love amen he's talking about and using terminology uh, that talks about the Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit and when you think about the Spirit of God uh, the Spirit of God never speaks about himself amen uh, you know that's one of the problems and I know there's good people that are saying uh, listen other denominations that don't know any better but one of the problems with the Pentecostal movement and the charismatic movement is they magnify the spirit amen and the problem with that is in the Bible uh, the spirit never magnifies itself the spirit of God always magnifies the Lord Jesus Christ amen and then when Jesus was here on earth he never magnified himself he magnified the father amen and what a great example and the Bible tells us here that the supreme basis in our life ought to be humility uh, just as Christ uh, is the same and the comforter is the same. Paul said if there be any consolation in Christ any comfort of love he 
he's drawing us back to that spirit and that is the supreme basis and then it is the spiritual basis notice what he said in verse number one again if any fellowship of the spirit you know if you have fellowship with the spirit of God if you walk in the spirit and you're filled with the spirit then you're going to be humble isn't that right I mean I'm telling you uh, listen we may not always feel like we measure up and we know that we don't in and of ourselves but the mark of a spiritual man is that he doesn't magnify himself he doesn't make much of himself he makes much of Christ beware of people that's always building a platform for themselves people that's always tooting their own horn people that's always got to let everybody know what they're doing they're always sounding a trumpet about their service and their works and and you know that's important as Christians that even in our testimonies there's nothing wrong and please don't misunderstand me there's nothing wrong if something happened to you this week and you stood up on Wednesday night and you gave a testimony and you glorified God because of some incident that happened in your life there's nothing wrong with that but in that you have to be careful especially if you're a young Christian that you don't use the incident uh, to make it about you amen you make it about the Lord isn't that right I mean something let's just say you was driving down the road and a car nearly hit you and God protected you and took you uh, took care of you I think it's right to go to church and stand up and say thank God I was going down the road and I almost got ran over but God he took care of me I think that's a good testimony isn't that right Uh, but I don't want to make the testimony all about myself amen and so it's important that a spiritual man uh, that walks in the spirit or a spiritual lady uh, the Bible said here uh, that they're going to if they have fellowships with the spirit then they're going to be humble amen and then it's a supportive basis notice what he said here if any bows and mercies that word bow simply means heart and that word mercy simply means compassion and Paul is saying a humble person he is a person that's in connection with Christ and the comforter he's a person that, that is spiritual that, that has fellowship with the spirit and he's a person that has a heart he's a person or she's a person that has compassion uh, that's a humble person uh, they're compassionate to the needs of others amen and that's what God wants us to do tonight as a church uh, we're to support one another we're to stand with one another we're to help strengthen one another when we see somebody struggling we're not to talk about them we're not to make them feel awkward we're not to distance ourselves from them uh, we're to reach out and try to be a help to them and be an encouragement to them hey that's a mark of humility in our life now why is humility so essential In these verses that we've read tonight, I want you to see why humility is so essential in our lives and in our church. I want to say tonight because there's a great need for like-mindedness. Amen. Look what Paul said in verse number 2. He said, fulfill ye my joy. What is that, Paul? That ye be like-minded. Paul said, you want to fill my joy, fulfill my joy as, as your leader, as, a, as one that brought you to Christ, as one helped establish the church, as a, as a spiritual father in the faith, as a church. If, if you want to make me happy, if you want to fulfill my joy, then you all be like-minded. You all be on the same level. Amen? You all be humble toward one another. Hey, listen, nothing will greet the Holy Spirit anymore in a church other than when you get a group of people or some people 
that thinks they're better than somebody else. Can I get a witness on that? Uh, you get somebody that, listen, uh, uh, they think they're more entitled or more deserving than somebody else. Uh, uh, that will grieve the Holy Spirit. I think one of the reasons God is good to us here at the church uh, is because I do believe there's like-mindedness. Amen? I do believe we're all pulling in the same direction. Isn't that right? Uh, Paul said in the, or, uh, the uh, Paul, uh, David said in the book of Psalms, uh, he said, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. And if we're going to have unity, we've got to have the same frame of mind. Isn't that right? We've got to have like-mindedness. Uh, we've got to realize that, hey, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Uh, we're to honor the pastor. We're to honor the deacons. Uh, we're to honor those saints, amen, that's went on and lived a, a longer life before us. We're to give honor where honor is due. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, but we're not to have a popularity crowd. Uh, we're not to lift somebody up. Uh, we're not to, the pastor's not to cater to some crowd more than the other. Uh, we're not to, uh, listen, elevate personalities. Isn't that right? Uh, I'm telling you in the church, uh, everybody ought to be on the same level when it comes to, when it comes to respect to a person's. Uh, you know, and I can say, I've seen that in church. You have too. Uh, be careful that you don't let a following get in the church. I mean, you break up a following, amen? You, 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 and you say, well, preacher, I'm connected to this person and, and we have a lot in common. I'm not against that. Don't misunderstand me. But I'll tell you, a spiritual man, a spiritual lady will, will kind of spread that fellowship out. It doesn't mean that you're not close. We could go all through this church and, and there's people that you're just close to, maybe one member a little more than another. Maybe y'all have some things in common and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with having fellowship. But I'll tell you, you've got to be very careful and keep your guard up because fellowship spreads all throughout the church. Fellowship means I go over here and spend some time with this person and I go over here and spend some time with that person. Hey young people you listen to me. You see somebody that's by themselves. Uh, uh, you go pull them in. Amen. And if somebody don't like that then listen that's just tough on them. Isn't that right? You let them feel like the outcast. Uh, it, because if they don't want them there. And I'm preaching to the young people but adults need that today as well. Amen. Uh, don't distance from somebody. You see somebody in the church. Uh, uh, reach out and pull them in and be good to them. Uh, don't try to get everybody together. You can't do that. You leave that up to the church. Y'all not dying on me tonight, are you? Uh, listen, you leave that up to the church. You can't get 50 people together and you're not supposed to. It's not fellowship, that's a function and that needs to be under uh, the umbrella of the church. But what I'm saying is uh, you can get with this family and then maybe get with that family, amen? And you can get with that person and then maybe get with that person. Am I telling the truth tonight? Uh, uh, listen, that's, uh, that's the way it should be in the church, Amen. Nobody left out. You see, when you just keep it to a group of people, here's what happens. You're going to leave somebody out. You say, well, preacher, we can't invite everybody. No, you're not supposed to. That's why we have, boy, it's so quiet in here. Did I hit a stump? If you're the stump, raise your hand so I'll know which direction to fire. I'm just telling you tonight, we have a harvest festival. And we call it a harvest festival, then we call it a fall festival, then we call it a heart, and now we're calling, I'm calling it everything. But that's a function. That means, you know why it's in the church bulletin? Because everybody can come. Is that right? You can't have everybody at your house. 
So don't have 50 people. Amen. Have a, have a, have a family over. Have, have two families over. But, but leave the functions to the church. Can I get a witness right there? Well, uh, for the few that are still listening, I'm going to just plow all over that if I need to. I'm just telling you like-mindedness. Amen. You've got to keep things on the right level. You've got to keep things in the right frame of mind. Hey, when we come to sing in the choir, uh, listen, we've got to have like-mindedness. When it comes to Sunday school, we've got to have some like-mindedness. Amen. When it comes to giving, uh, and helping a missionary and we do have that here we help a missionary we help an evangelist uh, nobody never grumbles and guess what the more we send out the more God sends in amen you know why because we're taking care of God's business uh, uh, listen there's things we do around the church uh, and extracurricular things that we do uh, but those are not the main thing isn't that right uh, uh, listen but winning souls and helping missionaries and helping evangelists uh, and getting the gospel around this world uh, hey that's God's business uh, but we got to have like-mindedness and I believe we have it tonight amen and then I want to say secondly there's a need that's why we've got to be humble there's a need for like-mindedness and then there's a need for love look at look at verse number two again having the same love I underline that in my Bible having the same love you say why is that well it's because some people are easier to love than others isn't that true now, we know that's a fact tonight. Y'all, y'all know that's a fact. Some people, I mean, you just love them the second you meet them. Isn't that right? And let's be honest, some people you have to work real hard at loving that person. They don't make it easy for you, do they? I mean, but you realize that that person that, that, that is so difficult, that never makes it easy, you never know what they've, what they've experienced in life. You, you never know what they've been through in life. You may know some things. I may know some things, but I don't know everything they've experienced in life. There may be a reason why it's hard to love that person. Some people are more drama than others. And I tell you, I can't stand drama. It drives me nuts, amen? I mean, but uh, you know, some people just have more drama than others. And, but you know what? What you got to do, you got to love those drama mamas and drama papas uh, uh, more than you just got to love them, amen. Uh, you know why? Because I don't know what they've been through. Uh, uh, no, it drives me nuts when they blow something up so big and it's not and there's nothing to it. But hey, uh, listen, they're lacking something in their life. Uh, uh, you say, well, they want attention. Well, maybe that's so, but it might be because they never got any in life, you know. My wife is probably the least, she's the lowest maintenance. She don't even want me to say it, but i got to say it. She's the lowest maintenance when it comes to attention. I mean, she could, she could move to an island, and if she had a coconut and a noodle and nobody else on the island, she could live the rest of her life. I think she would miss me. Amen. But she can just live... I mean, and honestly, she could move to the wilderness and, and live for till she died. And, and, and that's just how, I mean, it just doesn't bother is what I'm saying. Me, I like, I like space, but, uh, you know, if I go and I don't start seeing people, I mean, i got to see people. I, I may not always want to talk to them, but I need to see them, amen? I need to know that there's another life on this planet other than just me and her, you know? But that's the difference of personalities. Uh, uh, but you know what? Uh, uh, listen, some people can just roll through life and don't need a bit of 
of attention. They don't need anything in life. Some people, they're just starving for it 24-7. I don't understand that. Uh, but what I'm saying is, uh, as a Christian tonight, when we clothe ourselves in humility and we realize how unlovable we was uh, and how unfit we was uh, and what an annoyance we should have been to the, uh, to the Godhead, but yet He loved us not because of us. Uh, he loved us in spite of us. Amen. Uh, it helps me want to reach across the aisle uh, and love somebody that I may struggle with. Uh, hey, you find that person that nobody wants nothing to do with and you pull them up close uh, and you be a friend of them like Jesus would be a friend to them. Amen. I'm talking about there's a need for like-mindedness. Uh, uh, there's a need for love. Uh, and then there's a need for lowliness. Look what he said. Uh, being of one accord, uh, one accord and of one mind. Watch this. Uh, he said, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Preacher, why do we need to be humble? Because of the need for like-mindedness, the need for love, and the need tonight for lowliness. He said, but in lowliness of mind. Oh, think about that. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. In other words, we're not to do anything to put self under the spotlight. Self has to die. Can I tell you something about Self tonight, this self you're looking at, it doesn't want to die. Self wants to make everything about it, about him or about her. But your self has to die. You can't, man, oh, we live in a society that they make everything about them, don't they? They, 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 they make everything about them. And, and, and you know, you ever met people that they're always going through a valley, but when you think about it, they're really, they don't have it as bad as people you really know that has been through valleys that, that don't ever say anything. And they should say something about their valleys. And, and these people are always uh, talking about a valley. They're always thinking and making something about them. I'll tell you, the Bible says here uh, that we're not to do anything through strife or vainglory. We're not to do something to draw attention to ourselves. A preacher ought to not get up and preach and, and make the sermon about him. A singer should never make the song about them. Hey listen a Sunday school teacher should never make the lesson about them. A testifier should never make the testimony about them. Hey people don't need to see me and they don't need to see you but they do need to see the Lord. Amen and if we're going to keep that frame of mind we've got to have a low, a low evaluation of our self tonight. Think about yourself for just a minute. You know what we are? We're wretched. We're wicked. We're ungodly. Without the grace of God, we're just ungodly. We're corrupt beings. You go two days and don't take a bath, you'll find out how corrupt you really are. Isn't that right? You know why you got all that stuff in the, in the bathroom? Because you're corrupt. I'm corrupt. You got to have deodorant. Somebody say amen right there. I was on a plane the other day, and I'm telling you, I don't know where they was at, but I wished I could have found them. I'd have bought them one on the plane. I don't care if it had cost me a hundred bucks. But I'm telling you, listen, some people don't believe in it, but I'm telling you, everybody needs it. Amen. 
deodorant. You have to brush your teeth at least twice a day. Isn't that right? And take a shower. You know why? Because his old body's corrupt, amen. But not just the physical's corrupt, but the mind is corrupt outside the progressive sanctification of the Word of God, memorizing Scripture, reading the Bible. His mind could think about anything. His mouth could say anything. I'm telling you, listen, this body is corrupt, but one day, thank God, we'll be corrupt no more. Amen? One day we'll get, we'll have a new life. We'll have a new body on the other side. But until then, we can't think much of ourselves. We have to realize, Brother George, we're just dirt, as she said a while ago. We're just a speck of dirt. We're just dust. We're just weak in the eyes of God. We have to be reminded of who we are. Amen. You know, I'm not against education. Not against going to Bible college. I'm not against uh, getting all the education you can get, and and you should. But a doctor's degree at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything. Isn't that right? I mean, it does mean to the person who finished that they accomplished something. It means that they labored, and you ought to finish, and you ought to get that. But at the end of the day, we're still corrupt. Somebody said it's like a curl on a pig's tail. Amen. You can put a bow on a pig. You can put a curl on its tail. You can, listen, you can dress it up. But at the end of the day, it's still a pig, ain't it? You know where a pig's going to go, don't you? To the first mud hole it finds. I'm telling you, outside the grace of God, you know where this flesh would go? It'd go back to the first mud hole it could find outside the grace of God. You say, Brother Gravely, why are you preaching that? Because I need to be reminded. You need to be reminded. We need to have a low evaluation of ourselves. We need to be lowly in our minds, but in lowliness of mind. Amen? That's the kind of mindset we need to have when we think about ourselves. We're not to fish for compliments. Amen? We're not to fish for pats on the back. Listen, we're not to exalt the flesh tonight, but we're to exalt others, amen. Listen, humility keeps us in our place. The essentials of of humility is because of the need for like-mindedness, because of the, the need for love, the need for lowliness, and then look at this, the need for lifting up others. Look what verse 3 says. Let each esteem others better than themselves. It needs to be the attitude that you're better than me, not I'm better than you. It needs to be the attitude that, oh, if you want to talk about somebody, you want to talk about, don't talk about me. Let's talk about Brother Dathan. Amen. And he a good young man. And I'm being honest tonight. Hey, let's talk about Brother Garrett. Isn't he a fine young man? Can I get a witness on that tonight? Let's talk about some of these boys tonight. Well, people love to talk about themselves today, don't they? But I'm telling you, the, the center of higher vocabulary ought to be Jesus first. Then it ought to be others. And we ought to be at the bottom. We ought to not want to talk about ourselves. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, find something good to say about somebody other than yourself. Find something positive. Lift them up. Put them in the forefront. I mean, put them out there where they need to be at. You say, but, but preacher, that's hard. It's hard on the flesh. But I tell you, God will bless you for that. Amen. You think about Joseph. And Joseph is a type of Christ. Uh, and Joseph never elevated himself, no matter where he was at. But the Lord was with him. And God blessed him. Amen. And God lifted 
lifted him up. Hey, listen, the Bible said that if we'll humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord, he'll lift us up in due season, in due time. He'll elevate us. I'll tell you when that season's going to be. It's going to be when he elevates us in a way that we will not build pride in our life. God will never lift us up as long as he knows that it'll build pride in our life. Sometimes he's got to help us get real low so that he can take us high. And this scripture says here tonight that we need to be humble. Why? Because we need tonight to lift up others. Amen. You ever heard another brother or another sister tear down another? The Bible says that ought not to be. We're not to tear people down. We're to lift them up. We're not to tell everything we know about people. When someone has a past, if they've been forgiven, we ought to never mention it. I'll tell you, in this church, if somebody was to fall into sin tonight in this church, if they was to come before this church and make it right with this church, and they'd asked God to forgive them, and they stood before this church, and they asked the church to forgive them, then you and I ought to never bring it up again. We ought to never tell nobody about it. You say, that's covering their sin. Oh, it is covering their sin. Because God covered it. And if God covered it, we ought to cover it tonight. Because that means it's been put under the blood. That means it's been forgiven. And you know why God has forgotten it? Not because He can't remember. Because He chooses not to remember. And tonight when someone has been forgiven, you say, well, I can't forget that. Yes, you can. You can choose not to remember their sin no more. That's being like God. God knows everything. But I'll tell you, that humility is what keeps us there. And then finally tonight, notice this. Why is it so important? Why is it essential that we be humble for like-mindedness, for love, for lowliness, for lifting up others, and finally for looking on the needs of others? Look what verse 4 said. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. There's a great ministry. There's a great ministry in every church. It doesn't have a title. It doesn't have a position. But it's a great ministry. And you know what that ministry is? Just keeping your eyes wide open and seeing somebody that has a need and helping them looking on the needs of others. And if you really want to be blessed, and if I really want to be blessed, when I see that need of that person, and I go help them, don't tell anybody you did it. Just do it, and let God get the praise for it. And if you really want the blessing, I mean you really want the blessing, don't even let them know it if you can. Meet that need. Don't even let them find out. You say, well, that... I tell you what that is. That's not, let, that's, that's not letting the left hand know what the right hand's doing. I mean, that's pretty close, isn't it? When this hand's over here is doing something and this hand doesn't even know what's going on. You say, why is that preacher? Look not every man on his own things. Look, look around this church tonight. I, I don't know. I don't know tonight, but think. Just look around tonight. Can you find a need in this church in somebody's life? Do you see a need in the church? You know, if, they saw, if you see something around here that needs to be done, if you come and ask me, I, I probably won't get mad if you do it. 
I mean, if you see something that, uh, that needs to be, now I want you to do it right. Can I get an amen right there? But I want you, but if there's something needs to be done, uh, you know, you do it. You fill that position. You take care of that need. You see somebody that has a need. I'll never forget our, our camp this year. It probably of any offering we've received in probably five years, this offering made such an impact. I think we've only took up maybe two offerings in all the years that we've had camp. The kids, you know, they come and, and we just don't receive offerings that week. But that young man that had those glasses that were broken, I didn't even realize they were broken. They were bus kids. You talk about wild childs, both of them. I mean, they were out of control. And if you were at camp, you know what I'm talking about. Little Devon, Devon or Devon, I can't remember. But he came up and, and he was looking at me and he was, had his head cocked like this trying to look at me. And I thought, I was looking at him, I thought, why is that boy looking at me like that? And he's looking at and I noticed his glasses was taped in the middle and the, the, the lower part of his lens, Brother McDaniels, it was shattered. And he was trying to look over that. Well, I have glasses. And I, know what, I, I, know, I don't know what that's like. But I could imagine trying to even use a pair of glasses like that. And we was in service that night and the Lord said, take up an offering. And in my mind, I said, Lord, these kids ain't got no money. Or did I find out different? They got more money than we got. Y'all know that? Because they got our money probably. <laughs> I thought that, he, that boy probably take, I mean, probably take a couple hundred, three hundred dollars to <clears throat> get him an eye exam and buy him glasses. And we took the past the offering plate that night. I thought, well, if we get 150, I thought, Brother David, we get back, we'll, you know, we'll make up the difference, you know. But I tell you, I think we got 1,200 and something dollars. So and I tell you, come give all Sunday. I'm expecting big things out of this group right here, okay? $1,200. I was scared to even give that to them. And so I gave it to the... Brother Avery was his pastor. He brought them anyway. He wasn't the pastor. I said, go make sure they get the glasses and then whatever his brother, they didn't have no clothes, didn't even bring clothes that week. And I said, you, you make sure you get some glasses. And then after the glasses are purchased, I said, take the rest of that money, find out whatever needs they got and go purchase. If they need clothes, whatever they need. I'm going to tell you tonight, that blessed my soul, young people. It blessed you know where they learned that? And I know they weren't the only ones that gave, but you know where our group learned that? Sitting right here. Watching all these moms and dads rising to the occasion, looking on the needs of others. If we had been a stingy church where we never took up an offering or somebody complained about it, they'd have sat there probably never gave their canteen money. But they gave because they were taught what it is. Humility looks on the needs of others tonight. And tonight is Miss Allen and them come get us a song ready. God help me tonight to be humble. I'm, I'm preaching to you, but I'm saying to myself tonight, I want to be humble. By the grace of God, help me, Lord, just to stay low. I think about Brother Charles Roach. He was a humble man, wasn't he, Brother Laddie? Brother James Rowland, Brother Jack. Middleton, Brother Andy Anderson, these many of you may not have ever even met, they were hum humble servants, humble servants of God.
tonight as we stand. That ought to be a prayer every day. Lord, help me. I want to humble myself. I don't want you to have to humble me. But Lord, I want to humble myself. Find somebody. Find somebody. Find somebody. I remember picking up a man one day on a Sunday morning. And when he got in the car, he smelled so bad. I didn't think I was going to make it to church. I didn't think I was going to make it without getting sick. And coming down the road, I wanted to roll the window down, but I was afraid it would offend him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm just being honest with you. My flesh, Brother Jason, my flesh said, if I'd have known this, I probably wouldn't have picked him up this morning. That's what the flesh said. And no more did the flesh say that. And the Holy Spirit said, son, you get a good whiff of that. Because when I found you, you smelled a whole lot worse. What about a God that would come to where we were and pick us up? Pick us up out of the dunghill of this old world tonight. As Brother Dathan leads us in this song, if you need to come, you come tonight.